get an Apple Watch? All right, so here's something that I've learned about myself. Just real quick, so we're recording before pre-orders, mm-hmm. right? As we want to do. By the time you've heard this, pre-orders will have occurred. Right. So something I've learned about myself during the run of both of my podcasts is that I will often, if not always, poo-poo or generally dismiss something that I don't think is for me. And then inevitably the FOMO kicks in and I cave. I cave Mm -hmm. so hard and so bad. So sitting here today, for me, the morning of October 5th, no, I do not plan on getting a new Apple Watch. I have what do you a, have now? I have a Series 6, so one-year-old. Uh, the battery life is okay. The screen has a little bit of scratches, but nothing, you know, atrocious. And I just don't feel like the 7 is bringing anything to justify the upgrade. Remind me of this, because probably by the time this episode is published, I will probably have caved and will probably have an Apple Watch on the way. But sitting here today, I can say with an honest heart, I do not plan on getting a new Apple Watch. Now, I would ask you that question, but then I would assume that the answer is no, because you don't believe in Apple Watches anymore, except you and I were having a private conversation just a little while ago. It's like you don't listen to my podcast. I know, I know. And so here's the thing. You've been big workout boy recently. No, no, I don't want to talk about that. I'm just right. fitness. Just fitness. I'm, I have a fitness kick. This is what I'm saying. This is mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Fitness right, fair kick. Enough. Because I have a habit of talking about things and then stopping them. <laughs> so I don't want to talk about it. I'm breaking That's the fair. streak. That's fair. Streak is dead. Uh, but I have been, as I have said on multiple shows that I thought that you listened to, but apparently it turns out like you don't. I do. Uh, that I've been on a fitness kick and I've been wearing my Apple Watch every single day. For a long time now, I actually don't even. It's been many, many months now. So, uh, but I have a Series Five. Oh, so it makes more sense for you to upgrade for sure. So wh- the Series Six to Seven, it would be what? It's the bigger screen, slightly probably bigger screen, different bat, faster charging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's mostly it, right? Oh, and that uh, that wireless communication protocol that nobody really knows what it's for but i don't think that's a real thing that anyone can use like it's the thing that the watch can do but i thought it was only um for apple developers like developers at apple well that's what we all think but nobody really knows what if there's some sort of dock or harness coming yeah i, w- I wouldn't buy a product based on that agree, agree because apple watches have always had a diagnostic port that nobody else can access except for apple is that still true even today i don't think my series 6 yeah, has one yeah yeah i think it's if you pop the band off i'm looking you, right there's now. like Hold there's on. like a little thing somewhere isn't there at least they used to be that, it always used to be the case yeah now i can't remove my darn band i is mean that... i see a little thing like a little metal thing that i oh no 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 you're right you're right you're right it's in the uh, the bottom side that i expect is some mm-hmm. yeah some kind of thing they poke something into and it pops out. Yep, no, you're whatever. correct. I don't know. But yeah. anyways, no, I'm not planning on getting a watch. I presume you're getting, but you can't get your super fancy version, right? They, the they ceramic. Don't have, no, they yeah. don't do the ceramic anymore, which I just think is a travesty because it is, in my opinion, the only good looking Apple Watch. Oh, like shots genuinely fired. good looking one. Um, and, and that is a low bar because I do not think the Apple Watch is a good looking product by any stretch of the imagination. I've really mm-hmm. wanted the redesign. I've really wanted the flat sides. Can we talk well, about again, this actually? The, can we talk about this just very quickly? Yeah. I am so glad to have a kindred spirit in this because I think the flat sided ones looked really, really good. And I feel yep. like the all of the, all of oh, the mock-ups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like all of the fancy watch people on the internet that we speak to, like the Grubers and the Marcos of the world are 
just strongly opposed to it. And I don't understand it. I feel like they've forgotten how their watches are shaped. <laughs> because every watch that I own has flat sides. I don't really know why people were, were against this idea. I don't but know. Hey, different strokes are different folks. Like maybe the thinking like is that in this shape, they won't like the, like, like I get it, whatever, right? Like it's like, uh, I don't want, and I don't like the rectangle. I want it to be round. Sure, That's sure. what I want. Like, mm -hmm. and I think they'll do it one day, but like it's, it's probably a long time in the future. So I didn't go five to six, I think for a similar reason that you're erring on six to seven. Like five to six, even if I was wearing it every day, I probably wouldn't have done it because it just didn't feel like enough because mm -hmm. I was just like super against the, um, the O2 sensor thing. I just think Apple did it terrific job of trying to sell why anyone would want this feature because uh, I don't really think it's that useful for most people in in most scenarios like oh hey did you climb mountains no oh okay then <laughs> you know like like do you want to take a, a reading for COVID but we can't actually tell you that you can do that or right. it will be useful you know <laughs> so but I, like I get it like I, I, I get why they did it the way that they did but but I like so for me like in having being off like every two years uh or you know being two years um i and actually i have been every two years so i got a three then a five and now i'll go seven mm -hmm. for me one of the bigger things will be the brighter always on display however i i don't know if this is a watch os 8 thing or there's something going on weird in my apple watch but I've been noticing multiple times recently, the always on display shows a time. And then when I move my arm, it jumps by like 10 minutes. Oh, interesting. So it's, it feels like maybe something weird has happened recently. And my, the always on display isn't refreshing as much, but very anecdotal, but I've noticed it happen. So like there was something I was, I thought I saw the time and knew what the time was. Then I moved my arm and it jumped by 10 minutes. Now I've had it jump by little increments before, like a minute or two, and that's fine. But if you're going past five, well, then you're doing a terrible <laughs> job as a watch, yeah, right? I'd like, say so. um, but uh, yeah, I don't. So apparently multiple people in the Discord chat right now are saying that they've seen it and a reboot would fix it. All right, I'm going to try that because, I mean, gosh, have I ever turned my watch off and on? I don't even know. So I've turned my watch off now. Uh, but yeah, I'm, the, my, my issue, my main issue has been about the fact that I think all the aluminum colors are terrible for me now um, in that they don't, they don't seem to have like any just basic option anymore like the black one is kind of blue the silver <laughs> one is kind of gold and then they have red a different color blue and a green like i'm not really super keen on the the colors that they've got going on in the aluminiums this year yeah you know there's a there's a podcast i listen to religiously um it's called upgrade and i have not listened to this yeah. week so i will concede that but i, I am caught up so up, your, up your, to your 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 religion is lax no, no, no. is what I, you're saying my my you listen religiously but just slowly excuse me it's the second day of the week thank you very much uh, so anyways <laughs> it's only been it's been out less than 24 hours you big jerk it's, it's like 12 maybe 16 Maybe so anyway, uh, I have not heard the most recent episode, and I try no. very, very hard to make sure I listen to this particular podcast called Upgrade. You should check it out, Mike. Uh, I will try to listen to it before I record ATP on Wednesday evenings. I don't always succeed, but I try. And anyways, uh, they were talking on the most recent one that I have heard, 
about how Apple really needs a color czar. And I strongly, strongly agree with that. They because... have, look, I'm, I'm sure that they have them, right? I know mm-hmm. that they do. Just at the moment, the colors that are coming through, I don't, I don't agree with. Yep. No, but unless we look at the iMac, where I very agree with, right? They did a fantastic job. <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I don't think all of the colors are bad. I think that they're poorly distributed across a weird, they, like they make weird choices, what lines and what products do and do, do not get what colors. Uh, even the iPhone, like just the regular iPhone, like 13, mm-hmm. I think it only has, for me, my tastes, one good color, where last time it had a bunch for me, the blue one, like just the blue iPhone 13 looks great. I agree. I mean, and also gold. The gold <laughs> Pro Max is the it's the best option. Like, which is why, by the way, you know, people already maybe have heard me mention this on shows that Casey listens to religiously. I am <laughs> planning on gold stainless steel for the Apple Watch. I figure I may as well just make it into a whole thing and just go gold. Ah, okay. Just gold all the way. Shall, shall I call you gold member from now on? Man, I don't want to do that. It's a, it's a bold <laughs> move, but gold watches are a thing, right? And honestly, for me, I think it's the only, like, quote unquote, plain watch color that I like that they are offering. And, like, you know, like gold is not plain by any stretch of the imagination. But when sure. it comes to a watch, gold watches are very normal, right? It's like a thing. You know, yeah. typically it would be like gold or some kind of silver, you know, maybe like a darker color or whatever. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going gold. The problem I have with the Apple Watch colors is that, and I, I, I feel like I sort of ran into this. I got the, the uh, what was it called? The original Series Zero in black. I forget what they called it at the time. But anyways. I think um, it was Space Gray. Man. Was it? Okay. Well, yeah. and I liked that. But I felt like there were times that it just didn't fit right. And so that's why ever since then I've gone just straight up aluminum. But mm-hmm. yes, I agree that like this Starlight is a little gold for my personal taste. Product red is too loud. The aluminum colors, uh, I don't think, honestly, for me, I don't think there's a choice. Now, you may, you, listener, may look at it and say, I like the blue one and I say more power to you. Agreed. But for me, a color like that, is too opinionated for yes. jewelry. Yes, agreed. So I want something that I think is plainer, right? So I wear white Apple Watch, very easy, right? Silver, very easy. I think gold, very easy in a sense of like, it's not color clashing. Yeah. But yeah, the, so the gold is one. I mean, I haven't seen the silver. I mean, one of the other things is where we are today, which is so frustrating to me, is Apple is not very clearly showing what colors they have available for the Series 7 right now, which I find very there's peculiar. No, there's no, like, build and configure, like, build, like with a car right now. And they used to do that with the Apple Watch. They used they to have, have like, the, They will have it. Like, yeah. Uh, they will have it, but they haven't got it yet, which is strange, I think, but... Oh, that's very frustrating. So anyway, so you're going to get a gold uh, Apple Watch Series 7 and... 45 millimeter. Ah, see, I, I wish I could get the big guys. I can't anymore. I just don't feel Why? like I can. Why? What, what do you want the big I, one for? Uh, because I prefer it. Because I, I feel like the, the small ones are a hint too small, but the big ones are way too big on my uh-huh. wrist. And so I'm in this, like, no person's land at the moment where it, none of them are good. Or at least with the Series 6. Maybe it'll be different with the 7. I don't know. But I'm not buying one, right? I don't know. Are you? Question and mark. And by the way, bands. So I'm going to go with, I'm thinking of two bands. 
Uh, I want to get like a just a blue, like a blue navy. Hopefully, there. I mean, who knows what even bands are going to have available? I'll find out. A navy blue regular sport loop. I like gold and navy blue a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm also planning on doing something I've wanted to do for I don't even know how many years. I want to get the gold Milanese loop. Oh, very fancy. I've wanted the Milanese since the original one, and I've just never pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that the gold on gold will not only look nice, I think it will help me in dressing up the Apple Watch, which is a thing that I don't think I can do with it right now. <laughs> I can understand that. And yeah, in a I way think you're that, probably right. that I'm happy with. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, good luck during your pre-order. Are you planning to pick this up at a store or are you planning to have it shipped? Uh, I'll probably do store pickup maybe. So I'm not going to be available to pick it up on Friday. Mm, interesting. So okay. if I don't know if I can set a pickup for like another day, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. will be my plan because... And you usually have good luck with that. I'm always so scared to do store pickup. I mean, I always have fantastic luck with... I only do store pickup. Mm-hmm. That's how I did my iPhone. Yeah, the thing of it is, is I'm always so scared that during the checkout process, it'll take too long to schedule the store pickup, and then I'll yeah, lose my I mean, phone or spot or whatever. Thing. I mean, I guess that's the thing. I mean, at least with the phone, they let you they let you do that thing where they're like, do it all in advance, right? So yeah, like, I could yeah, just, yeah. which was fantastic. So I didn't have to worry about any of that. It was all set, and mm-hmm. I just checked out. I just used Apple Pay. Um, but I don't have too much trouble with... with I've, ne- I've never... I have in the whole time that I've been doing this, I've never gotten to that page and lost it. Yeah, maybe I should try that for whatever the next product is. Presumably the next iPhone. I don't know this, but I do think that Apple does a good job of like, if it's in your cart, you're going to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like with Ticketmaster or something like that. Like, oh, you have 15 minutes to complete your order and then we're going to re- release these tickets to the yeah, wild. I think they're pretty good with that. Like I don't I I I think that they do a decent they do a decent job there. Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just I was just poking around on the Apple website cuz people were saying, you know, you could just buy the Milanese loop now, which is a good point. I could just do that cuz it would be maybe separate anyway. And on the website it says 41 and 45 as mm. the millimeters. mm mm-hmm, Mhm. Mhm. And that's what they're going to, right? Because they're yeah, 40 yeah. and 44 right now. So yep. it already says 41 and 45, which is funny because they haven't got information for anything else, but they've changed the bands. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, finally no. found the Apple Watch Studio, which is their like building configure thing. And yeah, it's still, as you said, Series, series 6. six. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Hmm. That's something. Do you, uh, your bands, do you have any of the loop ones, like the solo loop ones, which... the ones with no clasp? I did. So I had, I can't tell you the name of the particular color, but it's already discontinued. I had one that was like the sport loop without the little dingus in it, you know? So it was just Mm -hmm. like a single solid sport loop. What is that called? The sport solo something? I don't remember. I can't remember. The one, the, just the single piece of rubber. Correct. Yes. Solo Solo loop. loop. I'm sorry. I I can't keep these names straight. So yes, I had the solo loop. The, Mm -hmm. it was some flavor blue that I really, really liked. And yep. it somehow or another picked up a an abrasion, you know, like picked up like a little slit in it 
And then within a month, oh. it destroyed itself and it split. In wow. Half. Yeah. So I don't know huh. how it was probably my fault that it got a little cut in it somewhere somehow. But once that happened, the integrity of it was was compromised and it was, it was all breached. over. Yep. 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 And it was all over from there. But I'd like to get another one. I really, really, really liked the solo loop quite a lot. Right. The only thing I will say, though, is that the particular size I got and it may have been here again, this might have been my own fault. Um, but the size I got Kate with the perfect point. Casey, how do you do this? Like, how do you do these things? I don't know. You do have the strangest luck with stuff. I do. I do. Uh, I've actually, this is a topic we should probably consider either for later this episode or another episode. I've realized that I am not a good steward of my physical belongings. Like, my car looks like garbage right now, despite the Mm. fact that I try my darndest not to. Uh, My phones have been destroyed for two consecutive years my watch has scratches on the it's it's all terrible anyways uh so the solo loop i strongly encourage however the particular size to wrist like situation i had was mm-hmm. that it was a little too loose for use during exercise so it would like often lose like the heart rate as i'm like doing an apple fitness workout you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so like it was mm-hmm. jingling around a little too much during exercise now that very well could have been that I just ordered the wrong size. Like I should have gone a size slimmer. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe that was the problem. But what I ended up doing oftentimes when I was using that solo loop is that I would take it off for exercise, put on like the traditional sport loop with the lug or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. And then I would switch back afterwards. It's like a clasp. The lug is the part that attaches to the watch. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We're saying the same thing. So yeah, I do like the solo loop. I encourage it. Uh, the, 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 like, you know, plasticky one. What is it? Silicone rubber one. Um, but I haven't tried any of the others. What do they call it? Is it polyester? Yeah. It's polyurethane or something. I don't know. This says stretchable liquid silicone rubber designed for ultra comfort. One word with no buckles or clasps. I I believe that the, the, the chemical makeup is different to the traditional spool loop. I think. Mm. Yeah. I, maybe I should go back and get another one of these. I don't know. See, I, the thought of a, I don't know why this is, but for me, the thought of a band with no clasp makes me feel claustrophobic, which I appreciate is a very weird feeling, Mm -hmm. but that is how it makes me... Yeah, so the regular sport loop, it says, made from a custom high-performance fluoroelastomer. That was the word I was looking for. Yes, 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 yes. So the composition of the bands is different. They use a silicone rubber. Mm Mm-hmm. My yeah, word, I I'd forgotten how expensive the Pride Edition was because I also had like a knockoff Pride band, which also braided, over time. So lo- I'm yeah. really bummed that they don't do the regular braided loops anymore, like the braided watch band sport loop thing. They don't. They they, they had a bunch of the braided stuff. I think did they? they? No, they still have a braided solo loop. Is that what you're talking about? No, I thought. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the um the. Sp- Sport loop, which is also a kind of woven fabric, but they still do those. They're the elastic ones. But basically, what I'm saying is the braided look of the solo loop, I really like. And I think that the blue solo loop braided one would look really good on a gold Apple Watch. Yeah. But I just don't know if I could bring myself to to wear it. Maybe I need to try. But you know, Casey, as well, I also can't be bothered to do the measuring. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just cannot be yeah. bothered well, to do it. There's no easy with, way to do it. Because I could get it wrong. That's yep. why. And, and mm-hmm. I know everyone goes, just follow this guide, but don't follow the guide that Apple makes. Just follow the one John Gruber made. Yep, like, yep, All right, yep, I get yep. it. I get the point. But I still don't want to do it. 
And yeah, I might do what Zach says. I can try them on at the store. Yep. I, I if I'm going to go to an that. Apple store to pick up the watch, I will try on the loops there. That is a great thing. That's yep. what I'll do. I'm not going to do... You know why I'm thinking of this? Because they brought all those out during COVID. Mm. So mm-hmm. you couldn't go and try them on. That was like the whole thing, right? Of like, this is the wrong product for now because none of the stores were open, but yet you need to buy this product that ultimately requires a try on. Yep. To make sure you get it right. So I think I'm going to do if I if I go to the Apple store to to pick up my watch, I'll also try and uh try on one of the the braided loops and see uh what size I want cuz I would I like the look of the blue one enough that I think I could try it. Plus I do feel like for me the braided one again this is weird i'm aware of this the the solo loop feels more claustrophobic to me than the than the other one the braided one and i think it's because in theory the braided one would breathe none yeah, of this yeah, makes yeah. any logical sense i am very aware of that <laughs> but this is just how my brain uh is working hey yeah that's what works for you so we we should move on but before we do how often are you wearing a mechanical watch these days is it like me where I nothing haven't. happens i don't yeah I okay don't. So it's only for like a special occasion or something like that. Even then, I'm still finding myself wearing the Apple Watch most of the time. Maybe huh. if I went out for a nice dinner, I would change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really begrudge losing the activity points. Yep, that's how they get you. Yeah, and it's it's very annoying to me now. You know what I would absolutely do? Like, it, I, I understand this is literally not possible to to continue to get activity points, but I would absolutely, if there was like a necklace mount for your watch. I would do that from time to time when I wanted to wear a, a, for me, a nice mechanical watch, which ultimately is a not very nice mechanical watch, but you know what I'm saying? Like if now, I could I somehow multiple times is what I want. I just want a bracelet. Yeah. An apple, just a bracelet. I will wear a, so, a one piece solo loop bracelet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nike just... used to make a product like this called the Nike fuel band. Yes, yes, yes. I know what you're thinking of. Yeah. I would do that like from time to time, just as like a, stop gap when I wanted to wear something else. I completely agree with you. I wish they would do it. They're not going to yeah. do it, but I nope. wish they would. Same. And I'll keep talking about it on all my shows. Cause <laughs> so, you know, Hey, it worked for a high, it worked for a high refresh. So you never know. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, Apple pencil. That's my one claim. That's like the one thing that, that I have brought into the world was the, um, the Apple pencil, uh, when it stopped working for UI. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So the one success I have had is is Gray and I, I think, got Apple to turn course on that one. It was definitely just the two of you. I was told. Oh, you were told? I was told. Yeah, I don't think you've ever told me this even privately. I knew that you were championing for it. No, 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 because we had a statement from someone. It wasn't official channels. Uh-huh. But I got some someone told... And then what we said on the show ended up becoming the line that like the verge put in their thing or whatever. Oh, I don't I I, find it, this now. The verge, I believe you. Apple I just, I pencil. totally missed this. I don't even know what words to, to use for this search. Yeah. Don't worry. It's, it's fine. I believe you. You don't have to, you don't have to prove it. I believe you. And I mean, it's fine. So, and we should move on. And, and in moving on, I have to ask you, Mike, if you were going to, I don't know, meet somebody and and maybe you're, this is an occasion where you would want to wear your mechanical watch, but you really wanted to, you didn't want to have a meal. You just wanted to have like a shorter meeting and maybe you're doing this at like mega studio or something. And you wanted to provide for them like some, something really delicious to drink. Is there any way you could do that sort of thing? What do you, what is this a segue? Yes, it is. 
Oh, okay. I thought it was pretty obvious, but I guess not. <laughs> no, I just like to make fun of you because you're trying harder. So now I want to uh-huh. make it worse for you. Uh, great. This Wonderful. episode of Analog is brought to you by a new sponsor that I am incredibly excited about Trade Coffee. Does your at home coffee just not live up to your expectations? Trade can change that because their goal is to make every cup of coffee your best ever. This is how I felt when I started getting into coffee more and I was enjoying coffee in coffee shops. I was becoming increasingly frustrated with what I had at home. And that's where trade can come in. The journey to your perfect cup starts with taking their coffee quiz, whether you use a French press an automatic drip, or you're more of a cold brew person, the answers that you give will allow trade to pair you with the perfect coffee to fit your taste. I really like this question that they take you through because it's so simple and it looks good too, which I always appreciate. And they, it's just the right amount of options. You're not going to sit down for like 25 minutes and try and answer all of the flavor notes possible. Like it's just the right amount of stuff so that like, trade can get some ideas about your preferences without getting lost in the weeds. And maybe if you're relatively new to this, you don't have to to try and answer questions that you wouldn't know how to answer which I also really appreciate Mm. it makes it super nice and easy for newcomers uh, to coffee taking the hassle out of it for you giving the ability for you to try that new good stuff Trade will match you to coffees that you'll love from over 400 options, craft coffees and and from roasteries and stuff. And they're going to send you a freshly roasted bag as often as you like. Trade guarantees you're going to love your first match. On the off chance that you don't, they're going to replace it for free with a different bag. And and to give feedback as you sip, as your preferences evolve, your coffees are going to match too to make sure that they're perfectly suited to what you enjoy plus you can feel good about each cup since trade partners of 55 small us-based roasters who are committed to ethical and sustainable sourcing which i genuinely this is very important to me when it comes to coffee because there's a lot of bad in this industry and so <laughs> when i like i'm being like this is like a serious thing that i yeah, think about yeah, yeah. I want to see that it is ethical and sustainable if I'm going to be giving my money to a roastery. So I really loved going through this, like compared, and I really love this kind of thing in general compared to trying to pick something uh, myself in a store because with trade, I'm going to let them help me rather than me trying to go to somewhere and try and pick something like I know somebody, like I know the people at Trade, they have way more experience than me and having them help me pick something and sending me new things, new great stuff to try out is really great. Plus, Trade have access to so many more varieties than I could ever have access to and I get the best of the best from them. And of course, the coffee they sent it tastes really good. So I really want analog listeners to go and check this out for themselves. It is awesome. Uh, right now, Trade is offering your first bag free and $5 off your bundle at checkout. To get yours, go to drinktrade.com analog and use the promo code analog. Take the quiz to start your journey to the perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com analog and the promo code analog for your first bag free and $5 off your bundle. Go and enjoy. Our thanks to Trade for the support of this show and Relay FM. Mm-hmm. So underscore David Smith has provided the link uh, that we're ta- that I was talking about here. So what the, the Verge article links to an iMore article, and in that iMore article is quotes from uh, Gray and myself. Ah, there it is. I see. Right? Oh, so man. we uh, kicked up the stink, and then Apple provided an official statement. Uh, to the Verge, even though 
We how, already knew. <laughs> how perfect is it? How perfect is it that, that the link provided is mikewasright.com? Oh, God. Really? <laughs> yes. The iMore. Uh, the iMore. I'm not the only one upset about this issue earlier this month. Really, FM founder and host Mike Hurley, which links to mikewasright.com, wrote about his concerns. Oh, hey, look at that. I didn't even know that that would go anywhere. That's good. It's nice to know that the web still works for me. Turns out. Because I'm really bad at deleting blogs. This is a Tumblr blog that I didn't even remember that I had. Mm-hmm. I actually was just looking at this the other day. I think I was trying to see if MikeWasRight.com worked or not, and it sure enough, it does. Because I've been on the well, uh, Mike was Right apology tour. I don't know if you listen to my podcast. I don't think you do, but... Um, I listened uh, to it today, actually. Oh, see, did you hear my apology tour? Not really. Oh, psh, whatever. I, I all, You said... All, what did you say? Like... You didn't say anything about me or to me. You just said... That's absolutely one, untrue. That you said I promotion's said, good. And I said hashtag Mike was right. Right. That wasn't in the... It was That was removed from the show. Oh, I am pretty I darn sure. Listening. I am pretty darn sure I said it. I am almost positive I said it. Mm, so we'll, we'll maybe rely on underscore to, to, to adjudicate you. this. But uh-huh. <laughs> if, it's, if, I did, if it didn't hit the show, then it's clearly Marco's fault because I've been going on the Mike was right apology tour. See, Emma is saying that... that uh, she had heard it on the show. Thank you very well, much. That's annoying. <laughs> that's See? annoying. How about Maybe, that? Maybe, uh, no, it must have just been the episode you just put out, right? Because I listened to it today. Yeah, it was the one that we recorded almost a week ago. Mm. Gosh, we should really listen to each other's shows. You know what? This is so annoying. I know when this happened. Oh my God, this is so annoying. So I was, uh, I was on my way to here today on the train. You were talking about well, I was on my way to the train station and you were talking about uh, the screens mm-hmm. and I was walking down the steps at the train station and a train went by me and it was really loud <laughs> and you were talking <laughs> and I lost like 10 seconds. I bet you anything. That's what it was. So I should never, I should always rewind you, shouldn't I, Casey? You absolutely should. You should never miss not one single nuance. That is absolutely hilarious. See, this is what I get. This is the punishment that I pay, See, I suppose. That, this is, you brought this on yourself. Congratulations, Mike. You played yourself. I played myself. <laughs> Speaking well, of playing Well, the train yourself, played me. Oh, my gosh. All right. So what else are we talk about today? Have you heard of this thing called coronavirus? Uh, no, tell me more. It sounds Are you excellent. watching The Morning Show? No, well, we did watch the first season. We have not started the second season yet. Okay, because uh, this isn't really a spoilers, but like one of the really great things about this season is it begins in December 2019. Oh, And no. they're building <laughs> up this like, hey, did you hear about this thing called yeah, coronavirus? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, ah, we're not going to report on that. It's only like 10 people in Wuhan, China, right? Yeah, like, who cares? And right. so it builds up. It's actually really good, like yeah, the way that yeah, yeah. it's building and building. And it's just about like, I think the next episode it's probably about to hit is mm-hmm. kind of feels like where we're going in the timeline this is kind of funny because like this is another example where like they started season two and then they just threw it out and brought it in again mm-hmm. which I, I like very much yeah they also like frequently reference trump in this which i was surprised that they were gonna d- surprised Ooh. that they did i thought they might have yeah. just tried to get away with it and just be yeah. like the president yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. but he he comes up and the impeachment and everything. Yeah, I did like the first season, so I'm yeah. curious to see how. I've this been one more goes. impressed with the second season so far, to be honest. But to to be fair, I really liked the first season, but it kind of went off the rails a bit at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, maybe the opposite Ted Lasso. Hot takes. Uh, so anyway, uh, so COVID. Coronavirus. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's still a thing, still very much a thing around the List family. In fact, it's extremely a thing right this very moment, but we'll talk about that in a minute. How is it for you? You know, 
are things the same? Are they different? Are you treating it differently? Are you still? Uh, I mean, a I hermit? think the answer is like yes to all of that stuff. So I feel like I'm doing more in my life now. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, and I'm like extending what my comfort levels are. You know, you know like <laughs> more, more like we've been eating in restaurants more. Um, which is nowhere near the level that we did before, but sure. more. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of, you know, we're making more decisions about things. There's places we will go, places we won't go. We've had situations where we were going to go to a place and we arrived at that place and just turned on our heels and left, right? <laughs> uh, like, I really want to go see the James Bond movie, but I'm not ready for that. Yeah, I don't think I'm ready for that. But but I am finding myself just my my internal risk barometer is going is like decreasing a little bit yes i totally understand what you're saying now very quickly what is the state of coronavirus and particularly delta variant in the uk right now because I i'm very selfish coronavirus and stupid. is the delta variant here yeah right? well i think that's true mostly they're, everywhere they're like and i think honestly it's not worth as even you considering delta as a different thing sure sure, it just sure. is coronavirus that's at fair. this point right but is it is it still running rampant? Because last I think we spoke, it was still pretty bad. But I didn't know if you guys were starting to come out of it at this point. So here's what I'll tell you: I have to Google it because I honestly I don't even I'm not paying attention anymore to how many COVID cases that we have sure. uh, mm -hmm. in the UK. Because at a certain point, I, I mean, it's pretty stable. We're at like looking at it now, around thirty some thousand cases a day. Mm -hmm. For for you know again for like whatever that means it's sure. it's it's just really tricky to try and keep a hold of now. I mean like the case the our case level is stable and for everything that I am aware of, our hospitalizations and deaths are pretty stable. They're all still happening, mm -hmm. but I'm not obsessively looking at it anymore. Fair enough. Yeah. So I think the U.S. seems to be just starting to come down off of the most recent wave. It seems like we're just ever so slightly coming down off of the peak of the most recent wave. Uh, Virginia is still in very high risk as per COVIDactnow.org. Um, there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, like 10 states that are not in very high. There's probably four that are in like or four or five that are in severe um, but yeah, it seems like we're starting to edge our way off of the, off of the peak only to surely create a new peak when Thanksgiving comes in a little over a month, a month and a half. So that's going to be super fun. But, um, but yeah, it's, I feel similarly to you. I feel like now that Aaron and I are vaccinated and as we get more and more data about kids, like I'm still extremely, extremely afraid for Declan and Michaela, but as I read more about it, my opinions are softening some from, complete and utter like fetal pearl clutching to mm -hmm. simply being fetal and no longer clutching my pearls. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, and so to that end, and, and I, may, I don't want to derail you here, so feel free to take back over, but to that end, like we started doing swim lessons again. Uh, that was our like big re-entry into the real world is that we've done swim lessons again and we do that once a week simultaneously for both kids. Um, and, and it's different than it used to be in the before times. Um, you know, it, it's, it's fewer kids and spaced out more, but it's it's still risk 
stinkier than anything else we've done. We haven't really eaten in restaurants except once or twice, kind of. Like, it's still not something we really do. We still only eat outdoors. But to that end, we have been going to restaurants and eating outdoors more than we ever did before. Um, we, we've gone to like public places more than we have before again, outdoors. So I echo what you're saying about our, our risk barometer risk thresholds Mm -hmm. being a little bit different than they were before, especially it's also, I'm really hopeful because supposedly sometime either this month or next, the Pfizer shot will be authorized for kids five and up, which would mean Declan would finally be able to get his shot, which would be extremely relieving since he is in full-time school. So that would be very, very good. Here's the thing that is, well, remains very surprising to me. So one of the things that I like to look at is a website called Our World in Data. Mm-hmm. And I remain surprised at test levels. So like in the UK, we test about a million people a day. And the data that they have for the US suggests that you test between one to two million people a day. That's probably true. We don't, uh, well, mm, I, I shouldn't speak for the entirety of America because that's really unfair. But in my personal bubble, testing is not something that happens often and only happens if there's a compelling reason to do so. So you yeah. have been notified that you've been exposed, you feel ill or something like that. Like we don't ever, 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 or or you're traveling, I suppose. We don't ever really test because we just think we should like that's not a thing that that at least in my bubble that people are doing i'm sure some listener will say oh oh, absolutely we test just periodically because reasons but Mm -hmm. for me that's not the case although coincidentally just uh what was it sunday we got an email from declan swim school saying hey one of your kids was exposed to someone who has since tested positive for covid Super. This is the first time that any of the four of us have been in this situation. So after calling the school and saying, well, which kid? Because it's kind of important we know. Uh, It turns out it was Declan, and he actually got his test done just a couple hours ago, and his rapid test came back negative. I'm hopeful that the PCR test will say the same. Um, He's certainly showing no symptoms or anything like that at this time. Knock on the relay wood block. But um. But yeah, so that was something new. And he now has been out of school all week because he has to quarantine because he's had a possible exposure, which is mm-hmm. fine, but it's frustrating. Like it stinks. And, you know, we're kind of derailing. We're what, what is this? We're a month into school. We're already missing it because of a possible <laughs> exposure. Like it's, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating, but yeah. it could be so much worse. It could be a million times worse. But yeah, the, all that to say, I'm sorry, I got myself a little derailed here. No, no, we no. Don't really, we don't really thing. test that much. Like we, It's just not a thing that I see amongst my peers. And it seems like you guys, not only we do you have much lot. more test availability, but it seems like you have a culture of testing, which I think is great. Like I don't think that's bad at all. I think it's because the tests are available. Yes, either not and for like, us. Uh, and... and in most instances, free. Yep. So Declan's test, I think, was treated as a regular doctor visit. So we had to pay $25, which is our co-payment, or, uh, which is a very normal American thing. So just for stepping in the door, we had to pay 25 bucks. And then I think the, I think the test might have been covered by insurance other than that. But still, we had to go through his pediatrician to do it. And there are like places you can g- go without like a doctor's order or anything like that. 
But here again, I'm not sure that it's free and it's certainly not easy. In fact, I was briefly looking at it in one of the places around here that does it, which is like a clinic sort of thing. They apparently uh, only take reservations that day and the reservations start at five in the morning. And one morning I'd woken up early and so I was up at like six and I looked to see if they had reservations just out of curiosity and they were all booked everywhere in the greater mm-hmm. Richmond area. And you know, Richmond's not I mean, huge, we do home but- testing too. Do you have home testing? Uh, they exist, or so I am told, but apparently yeah. people want them so badly that the minute they hit the shelves of any pharmacy or anything like that, they're immediately bought and then they're sold out forever everywhere. All this is to say the reason I brought that up is we have 33,000 cases a day, but we test a million people a day and we have a population of 67 million people. Yeah. Yeah. How many cases bananas. do you have a day? Oh, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't pay attention COVID to COVID cases. This is what people tune in for, just to yeah. look at me and you look at data. <laughs> so while you're looking this up, friend of the show, Matt, uh, in, in the Discord is saying, U.S. testing is really bad, very difficult to schedule, quite often days before results, which is true. Declan's not going to get his PCR results for at least a day or two. Uh, Nebraska closed all of their mass testing sites months ago, and now the easiest, quote unquote, place to get a test is $90 a test. So you're between looking at Google, 25 25- to 200,000 a day, which is a, you have a very big, like there's like, there's, there's a trend in American data, which is very interesting. Like it's big and then it goes down a little bit, up a little bit, then way down, I guess that's weekends. But so you're getting like a hundred and something thousand cases a day from 2 million tests we get and you have a population of 329 million people. You see what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the numbers yeah, yeah. are all wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you see, I think this is part of the, this is one of the reasons that I don't pay attention to the numbers as much as I used to. Same. Because people try and compare countries to each other, <laughs> and but the variables are so massive from country to country mm-hmm. that I don't know how helpful it is. I don't think it is at all. Right? Because this was a meme at the beginning of the pandemic, but there is an element of truth to it which is you will find more cases the more people you test yes now yes what you that actually does mean is you should be testing lots of people not don't test anyone right which is the original like Mm -hmm. not it wasn't a joke but it is it was a joke of a thing to say so you know like we test a lot of people and we find a lot of people and i don't really know what that means i don't know what that means for the long term like something i would love to know and like and i'm not trying to say anything about this like if you tested for like how many people do have the flu or how many people do have the col- a cold, right? At one time, like, what would you find? I would love to know, right? But like, I don't think there's a way to find that information out. This is obviously something that is worse, but I'm vaccinated. I take the precautions that I take. Uh, but I think I've just reached a point in my life now where I am making different choices because I've been living with this for so long and done fine so far and so i'm just like we are just taking what we think are acceptable risks for our risk profile and continuing from there like yeah it's tough too because at least here in america like early this year you know the the vaccines are starting to roll out and they're being presented as this like panacea that that will correct correct everything and fix everything and that hasn't turned out to really be the case because so many Americans are choosing not to get vaccinated. 
because they don't believe in science or facts. And so, yeah. well, that's, I mean, that's, I went, that's a whole like bigger kettle of fish, right? Right. And so, th- so now, you know, we went from this like one month window of time where like Aaron and I were vaccinated. We feel like Declan and Michaela will come soon enough. And oh, we're climbing our way out. The end is in sight. And now I don't feel like the end is in sight. And I, I feel like the only way for it to end for the List family is at the very least for Declan to be vaccinated, because I think he's old enough that I'm, well, I don't think, I know he's old enough that I'm worried about him. It's not that I'm not worried about Michaela. It's just the younger you are, the less damaging it tends to be. And so I think our threat profile or risk assessments might change slightly once Declan's vaccinated and will certainly change once Michaela's vaccinated. But it's unfortunate because we thought, you know, oh, well, once all the adults get vaccinated and all the older children get vaccinated, you know, then this should mostly go away. And it seems like that's that we're never going to hit that time. And so now it's I have been retuning myself from, oh, the end is coming. The marathon's almost over. Just hold on a little longer to. All right. This is the rest of my life. How am I going to handle this and what am I going to do? to live with it. I'm not thinking about this. This is going to be a thing for the rest of my life. I, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic, but it certainly does not seem like it's going to be coming to a close in the next few months. No, like I'm, I'm settling in for like, all right, where you are now, you've got another year of this. Oh, easily. I think potentially more than that. No, but like then in a year, it will have changed. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Right. Like if I look at where I was this time last year to now, my life is very different. Sure, certainly. And so I figure in another 12 months, we'll be different. Like yeah. within 12 months, I know we're going to have taken some vacations, mm-hmm. which is not a thing that we have done in the previous 18, right? Yeah. So yeah. like things are different. We're at, by the way, uh, 89.8% first dose, 82.5% second dose for <sighs> people age 16 or over. That's our cutoff right now is 16 but that my understanding is they are looking at bringing it lower and lower. I'm very jealous. I'm very, very jealous. I don't know what our percentages are, but they're not great. Which is another reason why I know the cases are out there, but it's another reason why I choose to be more confident is that our vaccination levels are so high, which is why like we have 30 something thousand cases a day, but our hospitalizations are low. And then I read these stories about like, Oh, there's going to be like, it looks like there's going to be a pill that people will be able to take and it will bring down. If you have it, your potential of getting sick even lower. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, like there have been many things in throughout human history that have killed lots of people. But then we work out, how to deal with them. And so like I, at the moment, am choosing to believe that we are on that like course. However, I am worried for places that aren't vaccinating well enough. And this isn't just America. There are places that are way worse off than America. Certainly. But, you know, I I have a focus on America because a lot of my friends live there and I want to visit them. (laughs) Uh, And I don't, I have no idea. I mean... I don't know how you're going to move that needle. I mean, I think, honestly, I think at some point you should go force people and that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a whole other kettle of fish. I don't know. Nope, absolutely. And I mean, we're sort of kind of trying with some of the rules from Biden a month or so ago, but I haven't heard any 
any real strong net effects of those changes. So I don't know. But Matt has pointed out in the, in the Discord, like apparently, according to what he's seeing, six, about 65% got the first dose. So if you look at COVID, oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at Virginia specifically. In Virginia, COVID, uh, COVIDactnow.org, uh, 68.6%, which you can round to 69%, just saying, nice. have one dose. Uh, sixty about sixty one percent are fully vaccinated, um, so it's it's okay here, but it's not stellar. And I mean, certainly I mean, our I, numbers are moving very slowly now. Oh yeah, same here, right? same here. So like, you know, we're at eighty nine point eight now, and we were at eighty nine on the tenth of September, right? Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. it's moving very slowly now. But we're, you know, we're edging towards that 90%. But that last 10%, I don't know what you do about them. But I don't also don't know what is the what is the um, the percentage where it's okay. You know what I mean? There's Mm got to be a percentage, right? And it's probably not 100. 100 would be great. But surely there's a level before 100 where it's like, this is enough. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's so frustrating and somewhat depressing because, you know, we've, we've got members of both of our families that are refusing to get vaccinated. Um, Mm. one of the sides has many more of these people than the other, but it's still both sides of the family. And Mm -hmm. we've been nice about it. We've been not so nice about it, you know, and we've been trying to encourage any way we can to get these people to get to take their vaccine or to get their vaccines, to get their shots. And I feel so bad for people that have to deal with this. And I'm so thankful that there is nobody in my life who, you know, in my family, uh, who's, who is giving me this. I, I cannot begin to verbalize how jealous I am of you for that because we had a really, really strong and, and difficult conversation with one of our family members who said, you know, you're, I don't want to reveal a relationship, but, but basically they had said that we are keeping our children from them because they're mm-hmm. not vaccinated. And we're, and so our response was, well, yes, because you're not vaccinated. <laughs> that's well, the goal. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what the we're thing. doing. Like, that's why we're doing it. You get vaccinated yeah. and then, yeah, you can absolutely hug on these kids and hang out with these kids and so on and so forth. And and that fell on deaf ears. Like that, that, like it is unacceptable for us to ask for them to be vaccinated, but completely acceptable for them to refuse. And like, what do you do with that? You know, and I'm not, we don't need to perseverate on this. We should move on. But, but what do you do with that when you have someone, a loved one who you really, really love that yeah, says, know, well, you're keeping these kids from me. And it's like, well, yeah, no, that's, that's not, I mean, yes, it is our choice, but it's not really our choice. We've asked you for the bare minimum of, of accomplishments, just get yourself vaccinated and then all bets are off. You can do whatever. That's fine. Whatever. Well, well at that point, I'm willing to take the risk. If you're vaccinated, I can take the risk. And they said, no, I can't do that. Or I won't do that. Well then like, where do you go for like, we're at a stalemate. Where do you go from here? And, and that's where the way it's been with both sides of our family. Like, uh, on, we had some family members that, that we weren't able to visit for other reasons, not, not, you know, COVID reasons. And now we are able to visit them but some of their family are not vaccinated. And so we haven't visited them despite the fact that we haven't spent meaningful time with them in years. And now we can, but some of the families refusing to get vaccinated. And so we can't. Yeah. And obviously the, the issue for you is the kids, right? right like, exactly right. Yes. Yeah. And, and it would be different if it was just the adults. It would, and if the kids are vaccinated, then I think that might change our, but probably change our opinion as well. But sitting here today, neither of the kids 
can be vaccinated and whether or not they can, they aren't yet. And so, like, like I said, I think I said this earlier that Declan, I suspect and hope will be eligible within the next month or two. But Michaela, she's only turning four in January. Like the, the supposedly the next batch of approvals is five and up. So that's not to say that it will never get to be below five. But will she turn five before the next batch of approvals comes in? Like, I, I don't even know. So it's just very frustrating. And it's, it's frankly, it's depressing. And it's it's also tough because, you know, we it's, I, we're, we're as much as I love my family, we're always around each other. And all I want so badly to have a break, to have a break. I mean, I have not, I've spent one night away from my children in 18 months. More than that. <laughs> one night. And that night, that night, which was granted, this is my own fault. But that night, uh, we had a like two week old puppy. So... Uh-huh. I have basically not had a break from being a dad in some capacity since I think it might've been 2018. Cause I don't think it, w- I don't think we did anything in 2019 either maybe before the world ended. So I've got basically well, around two like, years of, you had like conferences and stuff in 2019. Uh, yes, that's true. I don't think Aaron and I had a proper vacation, but yes, you are correct yeah. about that. Um, mm-hmm. well, was she with me in San Jose that year? Maybe she was. Mm-hmm. It might, she might've been there that year. So if that's the case, it's WWDC 2019 was the last time I had any sort of vacation and that's a working mm. vacation. Mm. So yeah, it's just, it stinks. It's frustrating. And the, and the thing is that again, I feel like there's no end in sight and that's what makes it super duper frustrating. I'm so yeah. happy. Like I'm so happy that we had that vacation in January of 2020. Yep. Like when we went to LA and mm-hmm. Beverly Hills and Disney and you know, oh man, I'm, I'm, we booked that on a whim. And it's oh, one of the out. best whims I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, Erin actually was at Disney World uh, for a marathon, uh, or she did like a 10K in February. And I think it was literally yeah. two or three weeks later that the world ended after she got home. And the super fun thing that I've been thinking about recently is that uh, my first pandemic birthday was about four days after we went into lockdown in 2020. Then I had this year's birthday. And at the rate we're going, it's looking pretty likely that I will have my third consecutive pandemic mm. birthday, which also also happens to be my 40th birthday this coming March. I am super happy. I don't know. Try and keep some hope. I don't know. I'm you, trying, you gotta but try I'm and, running you gotta low. Gotta try and keep some hope, man. I'm y- y- yes, but I'm running low on hope these days. I really am. Yeah, but you gotta try. You gotta drive yourself mad, otherwise. Yeah. I don't think one thing we'd spoken about is the fact that the border's back open. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Oh, that speaking of depressing. Oh God, I'm so sad about that because it happened or it was announced like a week after the podcast-a-thon. Yeah, no, no, no. It was perfect. Honestly, like it was, it happened perfectly. If it, if they were going to do it the way that they ended up doing it was fine. It was like, it yeah. was like a week after the podcast-a-thon and they were like, it's going to happen in November. Like oh, that okay. was perfect, okay. right? I didn't realize it was November. If it would have been like, oh, it's, come on down, right? That would have yeah. friggin' sucked, <laughs> right? But it's yeah. November. And uh, so, gotcha. you know, we've got a, tentative plan for a trip but we mm. haven't booked anything because at the moment it's just like no early november so you can't plan on early november give us sure. a date right like what's yeah. the issue here early november like oh thank you thank you <laughs> that's <laughs> I very can, i can work with that all right well i i didn't realize it was november i knew the announcement had happened but i did not yeah. catch that it was not going into effect until november so yes i agree with you that's probably as as good as you could have reasonably hoped for yeah exactly uh, yeah yeah did we talk about the podcast a already we didn't did we uh, was that last episode we did. Or- 
We did. Okay, we did. I couldn't remember if last episode I had to was have before this or after. Myself too, because we moved the episode until so after. Okay, it was yes, after yes, yes. because okay. I couldn't cope <laughs> right. with, with okay, recording sure. at the oh, same time. Goodness. And now double checking, like my our memories are so bad. That's yeah, true. Uh, no, we didn't. We oh didn't? my god, we recorded before. Oh no. Oh, all right. Well, let's take a break, and then we should talk about the podcastathon. Oh my God, what's happening? To At us? least briefly, anyway. We're getting old, huh? Uh, getting old. I'm turning forty soon. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. Well, we will talk about it. We will talk about it. All right. All right. This episode is brought to you by Fastmail. Fastmail is putting you first by prioritizing privacy and usability. Unlike other email services that can sell your information, Fastmail keeps advertisers out of your inbox by putting you in control of your data so you can focus on your workflow, knowing that your privacy is protected with a business model that leaves advertisers out. Fastmail works great with the built-in mail, calendar, and contacts apps on macOS and iOS, in addition to offering a great web client. The open source elements put you in control of your workflow of all of the things to do your own way so you can set up processing systems that eliminate unwanted mail and prioritize what is important automatically email is incredibly important to all of us right like it's a thing that is i mean as ubiquitous as having a mailing address now mm-hmm. and so i don't get physical mail i get all email, right? Like that's <laughs> mail for me. Physical mail is weird. Email is how I receive things. <laughs> and the ability to have options is fantastic, especially when you can have an option that is purely around, like this is a simple business model. This is the kind of business model that I like. I give you money, the money runs the service. It's not like, hey, this is free. Uh, is it? Yeah, it's free. <laughs> We're not going to do anything <laughs> with, with your email. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Yes, you are. That's what I like about Fastmail. For over 20 years, Fastmail has been keeping customer data private. It's one of the longest operating and most trusted email services in the world. To be a part of the very best in email, go directly to the source and try Fastmail. Just go to fastmail.com slash analog and you can get started today. That's fastmail.com slash analog for a free month and 10% discount off your first year. Well, thanks to Fastmail for the support of this show and Relay FM. So we didn't talk about the podcast. We'll come back. To, we'll come back to the podcast. We'll come back to it okay, in a minute. That's fair. That's something fair. else I want to talk about first. Okay. We, you disrupted my flow. I apologize. Uh, of the I, show. I know how much you love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll come back to it. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about managing new projects. Oh, is this Cortex? Am I am I usurping uh, gray space now? I mean, it's this is a weird thing where this is kind of follow up <laughs> to a, another show as well. Okay, because one of the things that I'm talking about is a Cortex related thing, um, but I don't know if I'm necessarily going to talk about it in these terms. So, <laughs> figure why not talk about it with Casey? Sure, I'm here. So something that I've been doing um, over the last couple of weeks is, so Cortex Brand, which is the company that Gray and I run, you know, we sell uh, paper products mostly at the moment, like journals and notebooks and stuff like that. Uh, It's a thing like we built, you know, we're building a business together, right? Mm -hmm. And the business is new and we are working on plans and stuff like that. And so I have all these things that I'm doing for the business that I don't really talk about because it's pretty typical in our world 
that you don't talk about things until they're ready, right? Yep. This comes yep. from like, I mean, I guess for me and you mostly, like this is the Apple way. and But the Apple way has now become like the way that so <laughs> many companies work, right? Like you keep it secret until it's ready, right? you know? But I don't know if this business needs to do that. Now, I, I get the idea, and like Gray positioned this, because this is something that I wanted to do, was to show more of the behind the scenes of what mm, we're doing. Mm -hmm. And Gray is very much of the thing of like, he doesn't know if it's going to work and thinks that there can definitely be something. There is definitely something to say, like if you've got something you want to show someone, you immediately give them a, a call to action. Right. And, you know, either pre-order, buy, whatever. But if I'm going to show things that we're working on, there isn't anything. Because sometimes some of the stuff we work on, it will never be released because it just can't get to where I want it to be. But I've taken the thinking that I want to be more open with this stuff because I find it interesting and I want to share it more. But also we've released products and then we get feedback from people that I wouldn't have thought that then gets incorporated into a second version of the product. Mm, mm -hmm. And maybe I could pick up some of that before. Yeah, absolutely. Which is also like, feels like a useful part of the process. I also believe as well, I believe that doing stuff like this helps create a core audience that will buy all your products. <laughs> and the reason yeah. I know this is because I am this for other people. Like the, you know, one of the things that made me do this is like me and Adina, uh, have this with a bunch of small makers, like, especially in like the pen and stationary world, there are a lot of people and they have small businesses and they are very open about their stuff. And the more that they post, the more I buy from them. <laughs> yep, and yep, so yep. I think that that's another thing because you become I find myself becoming in, very engaged in the process yeah. of what they're doing and it in, because I understand more about all of the work that went into it I actually end up appreciating the end project like the end product more mm -hmm. so these are all the things that I'm thinking about and so I'm trying to now like run this account differently because like previously it was very much like polished and pristine as much as i could make it only post when there's something to say but now i'm like it's all, i'm making it a little bit more rough and ready kind of thing <laughs> and this is in stories and then eventually i want to post more to the grid as mm -hmm. well so I, it's kind of trying i'm also i'm just like trying to be better at managing a social media account i'm trying to be smarter with it i'm trying to think about like what content do I think I can show? And also at the same time, like not showing some things too early. Like I'm working on a product right now that I'm really excited about. Um, and we're still in prototyping for it. And I think it's going to be a big deal for us, but it's still too early to show this product right now because it's, I'm like multiple prototypes away from something that I think will leave, would be sellable. Um, it's within the, the world that we're currently working in. And uh, so it's like stuff like that, trying to work out when to show up. I don't really know why I wanted to talk to you about this specifically, <laughs> but it's just because it's on my mind a lot. This is the, managing the Cortex brand account has become, uh, it's just become something that's on my mind a lot more. So, 
I think that's that's healthy. I think that's good. And, you know, I've noticed, and I presume this is in no small part influencing you, but I've noticed a very marked difference in the way Studio Neat is handling their social media, particularly their Instagram. Oh, this was one of the big, one of the big things uh, that made me want to do this. Like, I'm also, I'm also going to talk to Tom and Dan about this probably in our next episode of Thoroughly Considered. Because mm-hmm. you know, we've already spoken about them changing their approach to Instagram. And I want to provide some follow-up about influencing me. But that was, I really liked, because like, they were very much, very, very much like pristine, mm-hmm. right? Like their account. And they weren't sure if it was right for them. And now they post a lot more stuff. It's mostly like time lapses of Dan packaging things. <laughs> and I think it's much better and much more engaging and interesting to me because I get to see like the actual work that I didn't even know was happening, like by Dan by hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I've really enjoyed that. And so I'm thinking, hey, like all right, I'm not doing any hand packaging, but I want to talk through some of the processes that I going through and thinking about and like what goes i want to kind of show people like this is our small business that we're starting uh what goes into that and like we talk about it on the show but sometimes some of the stuff needs to be visual and that's why i think that that instagram makes sense a lot for that yeah i completely agree plus instagram's great like we have an integrated shop right so like if i'm showing off a product I can put a link and people could just go buy the product, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's all it's all like put together really well. Like we you know, we continue to use Cotton Bureau, but like that it's even better if you use something like Shopify because Shopify has a partnership with Facebook. I got gotcha. you. Okay. You can just literally buy it. You know, like for us it works <laughs> fine. We just it's just a link that sends people out to the Cotton Bureau page, which I think sure, is sure, fine. Sure. But you know, if you're in the the little ecosystem bubble that they've created, it's a whole different thing. That makes sense. Now, I've really enjoyed uh, Studio Neat's changes. And it's funny because your you're, you know, elevator pitch or whatever, watching time lapses of Dan assemble things like that is accurate, but it's not a very compelling elevator pitch. But if you watch this stuff, like I really, really have enjoyed the way Studio Neat has changed and 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 in their Instagram anyway, and, and made it much more involved and, and frankly, more interesting because to me. Just a a grid of products like, oh, here's the next one. Oh, here's the next one. Like that's that's fine, but it's not interesting. Whereas seeing the blood, sweat, and tears that go into these things, this is what you were saying as well, is interesting. Um, and and I find that to, like you said, make me appreciate it all that much more. You know, I didn't realize that it's not just machines assembling a Mark one or what have you. I didn't realize how much you and gray went back and forth over, you know, designs for the theme system. Like something I would encourage for you is either for the theme system journal or or for whatever this new thing is, you know, show us, especially once you're closer to the end, show us all the botched prototypes that stay. Oh, that's a really good idea. Like I have a stack of journal prototypes that were like that are old Mm-hmm. I think I might bring those to the studio and do something with that because I have some of them at home. And just so I want to, because I actually think it's a good idea of like showing people, because this was back, you know, I spent 18 months prototyping the second version and went for, I don't know, like six different versions. So yeah. I have a little note. I'm going to write that down. That's a really good idea. I hadn't, because I've been thinking about like, oh, showing what I'm doing now, but I can also show. Um, what I've done 
uh, in the past for the products. That's a really nice idea. I like that. Absolutely. And you could, it could be just the stack of them is the first post or mm-hmm. story or what have you. And then you could even go through them and, and say, well, this is the genesis of, you know, this other thing, you know, like, oh, this is when I realized I needed to do the little uh, perforated corners or what have you, or, mm-hmm. or maybe the perforated corner, it started out as like a square or like a, a, a flat perforation. And then we decided to do the curvy perforation, you know, or something along those lines. Yeah. Like, I think there's plenty of content here, even for the thing that already exists. And I think to be candid, you could milk it for quite a bit if you wanted to. I like that. That's a really good idea. Hey, thanks. Uh, so it's funny you bring this up because I've been going through, and we've talked about this a little on this show. We've talked about it a little on that show you don't listen to called ATP, but we, we've ta- I've talked about it over the last- I just don't listen to it when a train goes by. <laughs> I've been talking that. about, uh, I think I kind of soft announced the, the at least working name for my new app, which is Goaltender. And I know I haven't spoken much about what it specifically is, and that's fine, but- um, I'd spoken a lot on ETP a month or two ago, maybe even more than that, uh, about how I've really hit a wall on it, uh, with mm-hmm. regard to watch development, because I started to do the watch components of this app and it's just been an utter nightmare and goaltender, even though I was enthusiastic about it, it was always slow going. Like it didn't light a fire under me at best. My bottom was smoldering, if that makes any sense. Like it was, it was never like, yes, I need to get this done yesterday because it's amazing. And, and, and vignette was like that. Peak of view was like that. Uh, you know, I wanted it done yesterday and goaltender never really revved my engine quite that much. Um, and I, and I've also been feeling really kind of down on myself with regard to my ability to do my job, uh, because I feel like I've taken way too much time to do goaltender and to get it to where it is. Um, and, and it's been, it's not that complicated an app and it's taken me way longer than it should have to get it as far as it is. And it is Why? close. Uh, I, is it just because know. of the complications? Are you not uh, engaged enough in the process? Yeah, I think I'm not engaged enough is a very good summary. I think it's that it's, I'm not as enthusiastic as I need to be. I think the process has had more stumbling blocks than I'm used to. And so many, there's just, it, it, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And so I'm not very motivated in general to do much of anything. Um, and so it's just been tough. And I was doing work, I don't remember what I was doing, but I was doing something the other day. And it occurred to me that I could write an app to make this better and easier. And so I have shelved goaltender and I'm working on a new thing and I am really, really enthusiastic, enthusiastic about this new thing. I have a couple of big stumbling blocks that I need to get over, but a lot of the stumbling blocks I've put up in, or not that I've put up in front of myself, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the stumbling blocks I needed to get past, I've already gotten past in only the span of a week or two. And so I've noticed that I am choosing to bring my laptop down to like the couch when it's kiddo bedtime. And it's usually Aaron and I like watching TV and and unwinding time. Like I'm choosing to do a little bit more work during those times, which is not something I ever really did with goaltender. Um, and I'm, and I'm just really, I'm, I'm enjoying doing my job again. If as much as my job is writing code rather than just sitting here talking to you. Do you consider it your your job or do you consider it a side thing? Like I would assume that development is a side thing for you. It's not your job. It is. I think you haven't been able to break this idea that you're a developer after you left being a developer. You, You do development. Yes. I think 
it's what well, every for, yes to everything you just said. Uh, I think it's been very hard for me, and and I mean no disrespect by this to you or anyone else. It's been hard for me to think of myself as a podcaster and nothing else because I feel like that's not real enough because like you were always deep into sales and building a business. Steven's deep into running a business. I could imagine if I was in your position, your particular position Mm -hmm. of like, I show up for the show, do the show and my, the, like that's that like that's mm-hmm. the work right that it would be strange for me like because i i you know as you said like Stephen and i run a business that is podcasting like right. it's like a whole it's thing a whole thing <laughs> that supports other people sure, and it's absolutely. like it's like a whole thing and like podcasting is part of what i do it's not the only thing i do but the business that i run is in this so like i can understand how it might be tricky to make that your identity when especially i mean i don't know what you but like that's what the world thinks you are as well and i wonder how that makes you feel yeah i don't know what the world thinks i am to be honest with you i really they honestly think you're don't a, i mean that's what people know you for like it's you what they are, know me for but i don't like i i often get people asking me like do you have any space to take on more contracting work and I had briefly talked about the idea. I never of took doing, one on in the first that, place. That's the thing. Like, that's the thing. Like I, when I was first going indie, I thought I was yeah. going to, and I did talk yeah. about it some, but I didn't end up ever doing so. And I've, all of your friends told you you didn't, you wouldn't need to do it, but I and understand right, why you yes. thought it was a thing that you'd need to do. Exactly. So, so I, I think for a bunch of reasons, I could probably make an entire episode of analog out of this, but for a bunch of reasons, I am reluctant to think of myself as a podcaster, like as solely mm, a podcaster, where this is interesting. Where financially that is what I am. And in terms of time spent, maybe not, but in, well, here's in terms the question I have. Do you think you could be a better podcaster? Oh, certainly. I'm not sure specifically mm. how, but certainly yes. I, mm. I, I'm, and I've actually been thinking about that on and off a lot over the last few months. Like, what can I do to make my craft better? And mm-hmm. maybe I'm not inventive enough. I don't know, but I I've not come up with a good answer. And and uh, there's I, I brought I'll bring it up again. There's a show I really enjoy called Upgrade, where I feel like Upgrade and actually connected as well. Both of those shows you should check them out, Mike. They they are they very good. Uh, they they are very fun. They they're very good about I'm gonna say reinventing themselves, but that seems. That seems a bit aggressive. I don't mean it that way. It's just integrating new things into the show. And ATP has done that from time to time. We've certainly done that from time to time. In fact, we better have some time for F1 talk. We have a lot to talk about. But, um, But I don't. I don't feel like any of my shows do it as well as Connected and Upgrade do. I mean, I, I look. I, I can't speak for my co-hosts, but I can speak for my part of it, which is I get bored. So yeah, if I don't yeah. do this, if I don't mix it up. Uh, I I start to get bored of producing something, and if I mm-hmm. get bored of producing something, I do a worse job of it. Sure, if I feel like I'm just going through the motions. Uh, that's not that's not great for me. Yeah, I totally hear that. I don't think not I'm... all of my shows need it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But I I actively stave it off, right? So like, I never feel bored producing any of my stuff because I don't allow for that to happen this is just a me thing i i can't speak for my co-hosts i I mean my feeling for the the like if you're looking at the three people that you're mentioning federico steven and jason 
I think for them, they are all just naturally very creative people. And mm-hmm. so it's very easy for them to want to do and nif- different and new things because that's just who they are. I, I don't, I'm not going to say that for myself, but like what I'll say for myself is that my creativity, I m- make myself go through those processes. So I will continue to enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you are very creative and and I don't think I am, and I'm not looking for a compliment. I'm not looking for you to say yes or no or anything in between, but I don't feel like I'm very creative. And so I struggle because I, I envy and I want to be more like the four of you, but I don't feel like it's in my nature to be that way. And so as a silly example, I don't know if you remember this. I'm not even sure if many people really noticed it, but there was like a couple of month window of time where I really tried to do a, an, an icebreaker in the spirit of ask, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Snell, Snell talk. talk. Thank you. Yeah, I see, this is the problem though, Casey, if you're not being creative, if you're just doing something somebody else does. Well, and that's why it wasn't the same, but yeah, it I know, was I in know the it's spirit the icebreaker. Of, yeah, I know and, it's the icebreaker. And it, but it was in the spirit of it. And I, I actually enjoyed it, but it didn't seem to land for anyone but me. So I right. eventually yeah, let it go away. But that doesn't mean that that was the only idea that you can have. For sure. No, 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 certainly not. But, uh, but I, I'm, it's hard for me to come up with anything better. And I guess the good thing is the things that I've come up with have been, <laughs> have been accidental. Like, for example, Casey asterisk Aaron. And it seems to always revolve around St. Jude, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But yeah, you would embrace yourself, though, right? Like there is there is a certain element of that, right? And you, you embrace embrace who you are and, and make that part of the Casey, the character of Casey Lewis, right? <laughs> exactly. Which is like a whole other conversation. But but nevertheless, I I, I want to be, is it, this all stemmed from your simple question of could I be a better podcaster? Yes, yes, I could. It's just, mm. it's hard for me to, 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 I almost said reason through, but that's like the opposite of what I need because I don't need to reason through it. Honestly, I, I, this is a very, this has been a very uh, enlightening segment for me so far. I'm finding this very interesting. I think that you need to start by like understanding who you are more. <laughs> you know, like genuinely, like I think that you, you might be by blocking yourself a little bit. Maybe. By maybe. Not, not fully accepting that you are an incredibly successful and capable, entertaining podcast professional. Like that is Casey List. That's who you are. Like that's not only what you do for a living, what tens of thousands of people know you as, right? Yeah. yeah. And so like you need to come to terms with your who you are and and then maybe you will be able to build from there. Like do you know development? Yes, of course you do. And it's very important that you keep up with those skills because it is a core tenant of your show. Like you need to be current in development mm-hmm. so you can understand because that's your audience. I don't need that. Sure, because no, that's certainly not. not what yeah, yeah. my shows have in them, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. ATP has that as a big part of, even if you're not talking about it, your perspectives. Sure, right? absolutely. Because if you just said, I'm not going to do any development anymore, you just poured yourself away from your co-hosts and the central core of the show. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, But like, maybe the, the one of the ways to think about it is your development work 
is to help you be a better podcaster. Oh God. So oh, stop. Oh, that's so wrong. Like, Why? You, you, no, it is right. Like it's, it's right. But my natural reaction is how wrong that is. Like I, I, I right, I'm but not... you, you got to go back to thinking about how you became a podcaster. Because if you didn't have the development aspect of you, maybe you would have never worked on ATP in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And, and again, on paper, you are a thousand percent correct. But it, uh -huh. it's, I think it's in the, this is coming kind of back around to the beginning of the conversation. I think of myself as a developer who has an extremely lucrative side hustle of podcasting when reality is the opposite of that. And I, I don't really debate that, but I, to your point, I don't think I've properly internalized that. No, no, you are a podcaster but you also happen to do development on the side. And, and it's hard for me to wrap my head around that because it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real. And to be completely candid, and I might end up having you cut this whole segment, but to be completely no, this candid, is all it, staying it, in. this it, is freaking gold. Well, well, to, to be candid, it doesn't feel fair that this is my job. I talk to my friends in your case for a couple hours a month. And in Marco and John's case, a few hours a week. And that's my job. Like, how is that fair? That's not fair. That's embarrassing. Like, that's not fair that that's my job. It's not fair that that's my job. Hey, oh, so here's the thing then. All right, I'm going to take this and turn this on you. It isn't fair because so many people want what you have. So take that and use that as a reason <laughs> to be better at that. You're, you're, you're incepting me here. I'm not comfortable for right? it. I'm not comfortable with and this. Look, I am not. You are a very good podcaster, Casey Liss, right? Like, this is not me saying you're not... I wouldn't work with you on a show if you were bad, <laughs> well, thank right? You. Yeah, yeah. Because I wouldn't want to feel like I'm carrying someone, <laughs> right? Because I look, I love you. I don't have time for that. No, 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 I hear you. Right? Hear you. And, and so you need to like take this, bring it into yourself, and use it as a fuel to continue to focus on that. Like, it's just a reframing. You don't have to change anything. You should continue developing whatever you want. And, and like, look, you've had a successful application. You ended up, it ended up, unfortunately, market changed and you yeah, weren't yeah, interested yeah. in going where the market wanted to go in vignette, right? Mm -hmm. But that was like, that is validation of the fact that you can produce something that people want. So you have that too. It's something you can do. Unfortunately, you just haven't found the right like set of things to come together for a follow-up to that yet, right? But like yeah. I, I've said before, I think Peekaboo was a better app to vignette. But unfortunately, it didn't find its market. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But like this is very normal. Similarly, like I've started shows in the past that just didn't find their audience. It's just how it goes. Doesn't, doesn't mean the idea is bad. Just sometimes it's like time and like attention and all that kind of stuff. So you, can, you should continue working on development projects, but I believe they should all be under the guise of you being a better podcast host. Because then even if the development project fails, you can still say, well, I learned some stuff that made some content for ATP. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. And I probably do need to reframe everything it's just, it's, I think I make a pretty decent living off of doing something that isn't really that hard. Like, it's not that I don't care. It's not that I don't try. It's not that I don't put in a lot of work from mm. an effort perspective, mm. but by any reasonable metric, it's not hard. And, and I think I'm embarrassed and, and 
I'm maybe even ashamed that this is how I'm able to feed my family. And, and I don't, it's probably not right. And it's probably not fair, especially since what I'm not saying to you is like, I've been, I've been doing more and more work on the business side of ATP, which granted in the grand scheme of things, isn't that much, but it's more than I've ever done before. Um, and so I am trying to be a better podcaster, perhaps more in the behind the scenes stuff than I am in the, in front of the camera stuff, so to speak, or in front of the microphone, I should say stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I don't know. I just, it's, it seems unfair. So like when I introduced myself to new people, well, when that was still happening, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm an app developer and I have, a, I have a couple of podcasts that have done pretty well. And, and, and you know, if people dig into that, like, oh, do you make a lot of money in the app store? Yeah. Or, I mean, well, I don't really introduce myself as a podcaster very much because it's just such a difficult thing to explain to people. And also it's one of those things where people like, Thank you, Livin. What do you really do? You know what uh, I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and so I've found, and I don't think I've ever said this to you even privately, but I've found like a lot of times that people dig in on that, like, oh, what do you mean a podcaster? What do you, blah, blah, blah. Do you make money from that? And so what I found myself saying is, well, you know, if, if Aaron and I are really smart about how we spend our money, we can, we can make it work, which is true. But I mean, I paint it as though we're living, you know, paycheck to paycheck, which isn't true. That isn't true. You're underselling yourself. We're, we're learning something about you today, my friend. You do <laughs> not, you're not best. selling yourself right. Well, I've never sold myself internally right, much less externally. Well, this so. is the issue. It's the external part. Ultimately, is not, the, is not the thing. I think the internal, who, who, who you are and who you think you are, I think is the, the bigger part in all of this. Yeah. But we can we can move on, especially since um, we have some breaking. We're coming news back we, to this. Well, we, eventually we certainly can. But we have some breaking yeah. news. But before yeah, we, we do. before we cover the breaking news, let's talk about something that is definitely awesome and something that I might use if I do any future projects. That was a great. That was a really great conversation, though. I'm not letting you get away with this, by the way. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Because I, I feel like I'm landing on something where I don't care about this for the show as such, but I care about it for you. No, oh, I appreciate that. And That's how much I care about you. And I, I just want you to be valuing yourself for the successes that you've had and continue to have. And I want to see you get better at that. Well, that's very kind of you, and I appreciate We're that. We're going to work on that. But let me talk to you about Squarespace, <laughs> the all-in-one platform for you to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace have got you covered. They combine cutting-edge design and world-class engineering to make it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. Squarespace gives you everything you're going to need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a professionally designed template, you use drag-and-drop tools to make it your own, and in just a few clicks, you can customize the look, the feel, the settings, even the products that you have on sale. Every Squarespace website is optimized for mobile, so it's going to look fantastic on any device. So whether you're coming to it from a phone, tablet, or on a computer, it's going to look fantastic. You get free unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, 24-7 customer support, the ability to grab a domain name. You have SEO and email marketing tools at your fingertips. There's nothing to install, nothing to patch, nothing to upgrade. Squarespace is so fantastic to use for so many different things. Whether you have a big business idea that you want to give a website for, whether you want to show off your work of a portfolio design, publish a blog post, promote your business, announce an upcoming event, and so much more. And honestly, as well, you can do... It's not like you just got to pick one of those, right? Like if you want to have a website for your business and sell products and also have a blog, you can do all of that on one Squarespace website. It's so flexible. It's so customizable and it's so easy to use. Anyone can do it. And, and I mean that. It's fantastic. It's why I've been using them for over 10 years for my web projects. 
Go to squarespace.com slash analog. And you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code analog and you'll get 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash analog. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code analog to get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. So you mentioned to me you wanted to talk about the podcast I've done. Mm-hmm. And I said, can we wait a little bit? And the yeah. reason is I was hoping something was going to happen during the show, which has happened. So Yes, breaking news. While today, as we're recording this, is October 5th, the fundraising campaign that we've been running for St. Jude technically ended on the 30th of September. However, there's always like some stragglers of like, we've got to add in some of the corporate matching that we get because some people are so amazing and they get their companies to match their donations. And I knew that it was going to be going on. We were hoping yesterday or today, and it has happened. And the reason I wanted to wait is because when that happened, we were going to have passed for our campaign for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, $700,000. Woo! That is We wanted to raise. So, okay, so look, here's here's the real, here's the skinny, right? Mm -hmm. We wanted, we had a goal of 333. Our dream was half a million. We have far exceeded that that goal now. So last year we raised 480. The year before it was 320-ish, 330. This year, $701,000 is where we are right now. So you're sitting at right around a million and a half dollars lifetime. We've done, we've done it. We've passed a million and a half. Okay, there you go. Which is incredible because we passed a million during this campaign. Uh, and it's, <sighs> it's now, it's now 1.5. That is so awesome. You know, it's unbelievable. I'm, all of us, absolutely flabbergasted. Can't conceive of that amount of money. It's truly incredible. This has been a massive group effort uh, from hosts to the audience, you know, to listeners and and, and everyone involved, obviously everybody at St. Jude too. Uh, but together we have raised, you know, an actual life-changing amount of money. $700,000 is a lot of friggin' money. Yeah, it really uh, and, is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, bl- I'm blown away by it. I, can't, I cannot believe it. I just cannot believe it. Yeah, you know, I, I do want to get a brief, uh, you know, retrospective. Actually, it of, is, I think it is actually super close to 1.5. So we'll just call it that for the, for the sake <laughs> of it. I'm not sure if it's exactly. Let's just say it's super close. It will be, we'll say. All right. Well, just I'd like to get a quick retrospective of how the podcast-thon went. But uh, it's been funny for me to make this that's not about me, about me. Uh, it's been funny for me to watch my own behavior over the last few years of the podcast-a-thon and the, um, and the fundraising, because early on I was like, oh yeah, let's do this for Steven. And then it became, yeah, well, yeah, let's do this for Steven. This is important. Then it became, yeah, let's do this for Steven and Relay. This is important. And I mean, obviously for the kids, but like, you know, I, I was enthusiastic about doing something to make Steven happy, to make you guys happy. And then, especially in the last couple of years, I feel like it's been no, we're doing this. I'm doing this for me, man. Like I want to be a part of this. I feel like this is my my fundraiser too. And I don't know, and I'm not looking for you to answer one way or the other. I don't know if you guys, if the two of you look at it that way, but I have gotten to the point that I think of it as my fundraiser as well. And I have gotten over each year more and more 
enthusiastic and more and more ownership, whether or not it's deserved, over over the fundraising because it feels like it's not just Steven's fundraiser. It's not just Steven and Mike's fundraiser. It feels like it's not just even my fundraiser. It really has become what feels like a true, honest community event. Like it was always a community event because everyone participated to some degree, but now it's like properly a community event. And I, I really am pleased that that's how it's, that's how it's been. I see what you're saying. Yes. And that's the goal, right? If you get people to feel a sense of ownership for it, yep. it will draw. And so like, you know, one of the big things that we've seen this year is the engagement from the discord, like so from mm-hmm, our from mm-hmm. our members, you know, and and I think that that's been indicative of a wider trend, which is what you're talking about too, of everyone feeling like this is the thing we do, this is our thing, and I, I think that that sense of ownership as a community over the campaign leads to more donations, more sharing of it, all that kind of stuff, you know, like increased awareness. You know, we've had we had. So many more people watch the podcastathon this year, like live, than we did the year before. Um, you know, like for the whole time, like we were over a thousand, well over a thousand viewers the entire time, which is kind of incredible mm-hmm. because that's not 1,000 people, right? It's way more than that because it was an eight hour event. People are dropping in and out. You know, like I, we did, that wasn't what we were seeing the year before. It wasn't that high. Um, and yeah, and like, you know, we see it in like, you know, we'll, we'll know more data soon. It's not really stuff that we share, but like the sense of like how many more individual donors keeps increasing. And that's like, that's like a very important thing. Um, you, you want to have more people, not just the same people giving more money. Sure. Sure. Because if that you continue and it is like, like Matt's saying in the discord, it's like a, a snowball effect, but, and, and that's true and, and it continues to grow. And, and it's been incredible to, to this year has felt very different to previous years, you know, year one to two, there was a lot of different, right. But like it felt <laughs> similar in the sense of like the way that it felt to, to run it, you know, like but yeah, this yeah. year, there has been that different sense of like, this is our thing, you know? Yep. Absolutely. No, it's, it's been, it's been really incredible and seeing the community rally around it has been just so amazing and so fantastic. And it makes me really, really proud to be a part of this community and, and to whatever degree I may be a steward of the community that, that this is something that we throw our collective weight behind. And and I feel like it's something that that it's hard to f- take an issue with St. Jude. Like, it really seems like they are a legitimately great organization that legitimately tries to put as much of the money as they can toward legitimately helping legitimately sick kids. It's just, it's it's not, it's not because something. Because it's not just like a fundraiser. You know what I mean? Like, you can mm-hmm. do fundraising for anything. And there are lots of worthwhile charities in the world. But this one feels really special. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. So very quickly, uh, how was the podcast-a-thon itself? By the way, it it, it was over 1.5. I've had that officially confirmed. Oh, we have, there you we go. We have passed 1.5 for the three oh, years. That's amazing. Because there's a lot of like things that flow into the campaign. It's the, this is why you need and why we're lucky to have team, an, an actual big team of people who know how to deal with this stuff. Because it's, it's it can be very complicated to work out like 
Yes, but yes, we did it. Well, how was the podcast design? It was bananas. It was so hard. <laughs> uh, I really hope I never have to do another one from here. Yeah, I can um, understand that. We made it work. It worked way better than last year. Like we were better at everything, um, mm-hmm. which was great. You know, like. Well, and it's worth noting that there is a team of between five and twenty people in Memphis to help to assist Stephen. It differs, and- but it differs over the campaign. That is correct in the numbers that you gave, though, right? So, like, leading up, like, when we begin in March or whatever, it's maybe, like, eight. But then as we get closer and closer, there are certain people you only need for the actual event. And so, like, it does get up to, like, 20 people. um, Right. And then it's, in in London, it's you and Adina. (laughs) It's not exactly the same. They are dealing with more over there, you know, like they're actually run, they, like there's a lot of people who are just like running the video feeds and stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yes, it is it is significantly the thing is as the years go on, we add more and more into it, right? So like we keep you got to keep putting the pressure on and and mm-hmm. and adding more and that adds complication and added complication makes it harder for us to replicate what's going on in Memphis, you know? I But also, I just don't want to do them separate. This is a thing where me and Steven should be together. Agreed, like, agreed. This is a thing we do together. We should be together. Um, I'm very confident that we will be able to do the next one together. It's funny now that we've done more remote. No, that's true. That's why. Right? Yeah. We're more experienced doing these things remote than we are in person, which is funny. Um, but I'm, you know, I don't want to do, so like podcast of on four, I, I want to be in Memphis for it. And that, that's the plan, you know? Um, I don't, honestly, I don't think that COVID will be a thing. If, if that was stopped, I don't think it's going to be COVID that does it. Like I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, you know, in a year from now, things will be as they are, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so I, I genuinely hope that we're able to do it. It yeah, would well, be amazing. Well, we tuned in for almost the entire thing, and it was really, Thank really you. good. Uh, the kids would bounce in and out and watch it, and they would get excited when like they would hear, uh, what was it, all, all the... St. Jude's kids saying thank you when it was like a big donation or something like that. And so yeah, like, that's, that's mom and dad, really there's another big one, you know, and so on. So, um, it, oh, would, that's, it was really that's well very done. Sweet. Uh, that's it was very, really well done. Sweet. We really enjoyed it. I was able to take part in it in a couple of parts, which was really fun. So I was very happy that we, we had you involved in the, in the actual show itself this year, because you are such a great force for the campaign. <laughs> I I hope so. I mean, I don't know. I've I've been trying I mean, real hard. But... You are the meme lord at the campaign. <laughs> right. Everyone's you know still putting asterisks in the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so like, true. embrace embrace your meanness. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it raises money. Yeah, and and the extra dollar, which was actually Marco's idea that I was the only one to act on, and I'm glad I did because I almost didn't. I almost made it the exact same amount as Marco and John. And then at the last second, I was like, hey, you know what, Marco's right. Let me just do it just to mess with them. No, it was great because then this year the extra dollar became exactly like I wish so I could we tell kept, you we kept setting everything at one. Yep, like, yep I noticed. And one. Yeah, I noticed. I'm sure there was a not like a significant amount of money raised by people adding <laughs> that extra dollar. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I could tell you it was some like master plan. It was just circumstance that I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Why not? And then it turned out being a meme, like you said, but, uh, 
No, I, I've been really enjoying being a part of it. I've been trying, I've been enjoying, you know, doing what I can to like spearhead it on ATP and, and to just try to do what I can to bring attention to it. Cause I do think it's, it's such an important cause and, and they do such great work there. So I really, I really hope that, that this continues and that, that we don't ever get bored of it or anything like that. So. Oh, we're never going to get bored of it because we're just going to keep making it weird. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, if you'll allow me, I would like to very quickly do a, just a couple of minutes of F1 talk because I feel like we would be remiss not to. All right. Can we take a break first? We certainly can. All right. And then we can, and we can do that. And then yeah. when we can give some recommendations and All we'll right. finish up. Sounds good. All right. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pingdom. Today's internet users, they expect a fast web experience. No matter how targeted your marketing content, how sleek your website, if the page isn't working, if it's not loading or it's loading too slowly, people are going to leave. But with real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance affects your visitors' experience so you can take action before your business is impacted or for as low as $10 a month. Whether your visitors are dispersed around the world, across browsers, devices, and platforms, it doesn't matter because Pingdom's going to help you identify bottlenecks, troubleshoot performance, and make informed optimizations. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built for scalability. This means you can monitor millions of page views, not just sample data at an affordable price. Get live site performance visibility today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to buy, use the code analog at checkout to get an amazing 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for the support of this show and RelayFM. So as we record, the last couple of races were the Italian Grand Prix and the Russian Grand Prix. We, we, I don't want to spend a long time on this because we've run long today, which is fine. But the Italian Grand Prix was when Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton got in quite a wreck and Max parked his, his race car on top of Lewis Hamilton's helmet. Got out and walked away. Got out mm -hmm. and walked away. So mm -hmm. here's the thing. I think we've talked about this plenty of times in the past. Certainly we've privately talked about it a bunch of town, uh, a bunch of times, but I am not a big Verstappen fan. Like I think he's extremely skilled. He is, he seems to be the best driver uh, out of all of them other than Hamilton, in my opinion, but he's just always struck me as a bit of a jerk. Well, then he parked his car on, on Lewis Hamilton's helmet and walked away. And that removed all doubt to me whether or not he is a jerk. Like, how do you do that? How do you just not even care that somebody is under your race car? Oh, well, I mean, I understand that the guy was was upset and angry or whatever, but it is wrong that he didn't go and like he he, he just didn't even bother check. He just didn't even no, bother checking. He didn't even look. He didn't even yeah. look to see what was going on. He just walked away. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very gross to me. I just really don't care for it. And well, I'm pleased that you finally understand that Max Verstappen's a bad person, probably. Well, I mean, I always thought he was a bit of a bad person, but like I said, mm -hmm. he removed all doubt at the Italian Grand Prix. Uh, I just, don't, I don't care for Let it. Let me just say, I, I, we can't say Max Verstappen is a bad sure. person, right? It's Empirically. Fair. But we can very, I think, point to some bad traits that he has. I mean, and he's... He, you know, there's been many things about Max that are distasteful that are outside of the sport as well, right? You can yeah. go do your own research on that, but I've never liked him. I mean, look, I, I appreciate his ability. Uh, like, if he wins the the championship this year, which I think he is going to, I will be happy for him because he's achieved something, but I don't like him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think you can agree. hold both of those things yeah. simultaneously. Similarly, like, don't like Christian Horner, his boss, Ugh. but I'll be happy. I will be happy Ugh. for him if they win. If they win the season, I'll be happy for him because they've worked hard for it. That's true. I gosh. I, so in our super secret, secret private text channel between the four of us, uh, you know, the two wives and us, uh, I all I do, I feel like that entire text channel is me whining about Christian Horner now, which I dislike him, but that's okay. It won't know it's fifty percent. No, it's about thirty percent whining about Christian Horner. <laughs> 30%, 35% complaining about Lewis Hamilton <laughs> and 25% making, try, attempting to make fun of the United Kingdom. That, you know, that's probably true. Or at least that's my contribution to the channel, I think is accurate. <laughs> there are yes, that is your, that these are your contributions. It's a percentage of your contributions. <laughs> and it really is just one of those three things it's all often, the time. Yeah, not all no. the time, but more often than not. Uh, so that was the Italian Grand Prix, and then the Russian Grand Prix. My boy Lando, um, and I and can't Aaron, talk about this. Oh, I can't talk about this. Why? It upsets me too much. Oh, okay. You, I, and if you want to mention, I, but it kills me. I was, I'm, I remain heartbroken about Lando Norris's yes, so. uh, final lap. I can't talk. I cannot. Again, I'm too upset. I'm still too upset about it. <laughs> all right, so I'll make it very quick. Lando had led most of the race, not literally all of it, but most of it, effectively all of it. Basically the entire thing. Basically the entire thing. And Lando is my favorite driver. And I believe Aaron said it's, it's her favorite. He is her, her favorite driver as well. But one way or another, Lando was leading the whole thing and never won a race before. And then it starts, it starts to rain. It'd been raining like on and off earlier in the, in the weekend, but it starts to rain with like five laps left or something like that. And everyone had to make a decision. Do you pit one more time and get what I believe they call them intermediate tires? So tires that have some amount of tread on them so they can handle the rain. Or do you just say, screw it, I'm going to hold out till the end? It might have been less, fewer than five laps. It might have been just a couple laps, actually. But one way or another, at the very end of the race, Lando decides, I'm going to stay out. He tells the team who I think mostly wanted him to come in. He tells the team, no, I'm staying out. And at the time he made that decision, I was like, yep, that is the correct call absolutely just stay out. You're almost there. You're almost there. And then in the last lap, I believe it was, uh, Hamilton had gone in to get his intermediate tires, if I recall correctly. So he's on better tires and Hamilton, as much as I really am not a huge Hamilton fan, the last place you want to be is in his sights as he is chasing you down to get a win. That is not a comfortable place to be. Hamilton's on better tires. He's chasing Lando down and Lando, I would call it hydroplanes, you would call it aquaplanes, but one way or another, skids off the track and ends up losing the victory and comes in like seventh on the race or something like that. It was heartbreaking, it man. Was, it was heartbreaking because he seems like such a, he, again, we don't know, but he seems like such a genuinely nice human being who really just seems kind. He's going to be a future world champion. I think you you're know? right. And, and, and it's going to be fine. You, you know, this was killer. So oh, terrible for him. It was like so I, bad. Somebody said this. I, I don't remember who it was in the post race. It, it was one of the people who like they have people who are like a lot of the people that are that work for um, the reporting, like the F one reporting for Sky or whoever. They're ex drivers, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what somebody said, this is only going to make him a better driver. Yeah, what happened today? Yeah, and that like in the long run. This is the the type of thing that will make him a future world champion. Going through things like this, you learn, right? Like yep. if you're if you if you're a good if you're good at what you do, you ultimately learn from the mistake. Now, look, 
Personally, I, I figure whoever was first, this they were going to make the decision that Lando made. If Lewis was first, Lando would have won. Like if, if Lando was chasing Lewis down. Oh, yes, Je- yes, yes, yes. I, I do not saying. believe that whoever was in first place at that moment would have gone into the pit to change tires. I see your point. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's potentially too much of a risk yeah. that, that you would perceive that being too much of a risk. And that whoever's in second, third place or whatever, you might as well do it because you're probably not going to lose place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just heartbreaking, though. I felt so bad for him. It's probably for the best, like you said. But gosh, what a, what a, it was a, man, was it a dramatic race. Like the race was excellent, but it was not the end that I was hoping for. And that's really too bad. All right, let's turn these frowns upside down. Let's talk about some recommendations. Uh, I want to recommend The People versus O.J. Simpson. An Interesting. American crime story. Okay. Um, I don't know what it was exactly that made us watch this. It's from like 2016 and it's on Netflix, but it's something that I'd seen. Oh, you know, actually, I do know what it was. Idina listens to a podcast called You're Wrong About. Oh, I'm familiar with this and I've heard a couple of their episodes. Yeah. And they have had like a long running um, series about the O.J. Simpson trial. Mm-hmm. Like apparently they've like done multiple episodes and they come back to it every now and again. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she was talking about it and there's a lot of stuff. I just don't know about this because I wasn't old enough at the time and I'm not, not American, American. Mm-hmm. you know, cause I feel like it was so dominant in American news at the time that it's kind of like has remained, you know, I've, I'm some, you know, like I knew about it. Uh, I knew about the glove, but didn't really know what that meant, all that sure, kind of stuff. Sure. Um, and like, yeah, so I have, uh, I've been aware of it. And then the more that Adina was telling me about the uh, trial from listening to the podcast, I was like, I feel like I want to learn more about this. And I'd heard good things about this show. Um, and yeah, it's really good. It's it's very interesting. So I made really well. Uh, and just absolutely stunning performances across the board from the cast. So if you haven't seen it, I really recommend it. Uh, you know, like these things are always dramatized a little bit, but like wild, man, that trial was wild. Yeah. I heard very good things about this, but I have, I have not seen it. I was, hmm, I don't remember when the, the Bronco chase was, but I vaguely remember seeing it on a TV. It was like 91, 92. Okay, so I was like nine-ish, something like that, nine, ten years old. And I remember seeing it on a TV in in my childhood home at one point, and I didn't understand the significance of it, but I remember seeing it, and um, and I thought it was very weird. And obviously, the trial was all that anyone talked about for a month or two or however long it lasted. So I have, I have memories of it. Not strong memories, but memories. Uh, for me, I'd like to make a couple of very quick recommendations. First of all, the movie Free Guy, which stars uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, very fun, just a fun, silly movie. And that's the sort of thing that I need in my life right now. So I don't want to say too much more than that, but it's a fun, silly movie that I think, uh, anyone would enjoy. I think you in particular, Mike would enjoy it because it's it's on, it's on our list. Like I really, I wanted to see this movie like a lot, like Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Oh, me too. I wanted to see it. Um, and I had no idea that it's on Disney plus. It is. Yes. No, really? Yeah, it's on Disney Plus right now. Even they, in America, I feel like that's I a don't UK know. thing. I, I, how would I know? Oh, how would I look. know the answer to that? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. Find I'm it stunned. out yourself. 
outside the US, apparently. Uh, so finally, okay. one of these movies that we get, because I really want to see the Sopranos movie, Many Saints of Newark. It's uh, on yes, HBO okay. Max. Mm-hmm. I got but you. I don't have HBO Max. I got Can't you. Okay. Get HBO Max. I have to go to the cinema to see it, which I don't want to do. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, well, anyways, Free Guys, very good. Really, really enthusiastic. Or really cool. enjoyed I'm it. Watch that. Yeah, and uh, I think you in particular would like it because it's themed. It's themed about video games, but don't don't let that turn you off. Like it's no, not... I know, I know the the premise. Like, sure. Okay. The... Okay. So for those who don't know the premise, I don't want to spoil it. But even if you're not a video game fan, you will absolutely enjoy the movie. So. I, I definitely recommend that. And uh, The Circle, which I've probably brought up from time to time <laughs> in the past. Yeah, you it's, brought it, up a bunch of times. very stupid, stupid TV show, but I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, this is the third season. I think they've had... T- I only became aware of it during the pandemic, if I recall correctly, but I think this is only the second pandemic season. I might have that wrong. But anyways, um, they have the season... Th- season three just ended this week. And I didn't like the cast as much as I've liked the prior casts. But there was a lot more politics and like intrigue and like um, alliances and things of that nature than there were in previous years, which I did enjoy. So I, I thought that's if you want something that you can completely turn your mind off, both of these actually are applicable. But this, the Circle Season 3, very good, like turn your mind off and, and, and just let it wash over you sort of television. So definitely recommend that. 